Hello, welcome to Random Access Memories. This week, I'm joined by a young man by the name of Jonathan Craig, who got in touch a little while ago about... Uh, was it? Were we on a quest to find people for Take It or Leave It? Or I don't think um, you're actually looking for anyone. I just I listened to the show for a long time and I noticed you're running out of topics. And I was thinking, um, obviously, I, I'd like to put my input in. I noticed you talk about a lot of things that I'd relate to. And I was thinking, like, I'd be good to actually give my opinion on things. So I thought I'd contact you and see if there was any opening for that kind of option. And then you got back to me saying that hopefully there would be in the future. So Yeah, so here we are. And people might hear you on Tech It or Leave It in the future as well. Uh, yeah. So... This is this is going to be a different one to the others because all the other people I talked to were really old, and <laughs> you're not. So, uh, just for the benefit of our audience, how old are you, and where did you grow up? Uh, I'm 22 years old, and I grew up in a small town called Larco in the west of Scotland. Okay, right then. So this is this is not like growing up in Doncaster in the 70s and 80s. This is <laughs> what what actual year were you born? Sorry. Uh, 1995. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Like I said, I'm going to feel old now. Uh, So there. Okay. So where did... Do you remember the first computer game you played? Or the the Uh, first game you played? The first game I have in vivid memory was was the PlayStation 1. It was Crash Bandicoot. And that was way back when I got the, the big kind of chunky grey thing and it was a hideous machine and then they released the Slimly one I think it was a year or two after which was much nicer but I had the original one and um, me and my dad used to play Crash Bandicoot and Crash Bandicoot 2 and Crash Team Racing and that was me and my sister who played that one and then the Driver series that was one of the main games I played when I was young as well because me and my dad um, used to play the missions kind of like I'd take a mission and he would take a mission and then we'd try and see who could get the kind of best times and stuff and that was a kind of introduction to gaming um as a young age and instantly I was hooked you know everything like the whole idea of a of a, a virtual world kind of kind of grabbed me at that point and I was I got and then it was Grand Theft Auto that was the the big kind of grab for me into the world of gaming the whole idea of a, a living breathing world that was yeah outside the actual breathing world we live in and I was like that's that's something special it's quite odd to me that, I mean, when when you found computer games as a kid, just like I, you know, just like I did, sat playing with your dad, whatever. But you're you're coming into it, and it's already GTA, yeah, and that yeah, sort it, of thing. It was, it was was one of the games I played was as a as a youth, you know, like that was that's quite advanced compared to the games I imagine you got to play when you were well, that, very young. Stuff. So. That, that's <laughs> what I'm actually thinking is that. You know, in in comparison to baseball for the Philips G7000, GTA 3 was quite a complex game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, the whole idea of a, of a 3D world was completely new. And and so coming to that as a child, it yeah. well, it's clearly not as daunting as I feel it would be because, well, here you are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, it wasn't, oh God, I can't do this ever. So every kid who picks up a video game just puts it down again and, walks away as evidenced by everybody who plays video games i suppose but <laughs> you know it, it it's it's just a different world so yeah did, and i think i think the biggest jump for me was actually between the playstation 2 era and the xbox 360 era and that's probably completely different for you <laughs> well i don't know actually i mean I, I i've never actually put much thought into what was the biggest leap in in experience for me but that that one from playstation 2 to the you know ps3 xbox 360 was still enormous um i i was gleeful when i first got my xbox 360 because it was just unlike anything i'd seen um and it was just it's been a big bump down to ps4 xbox one Uh, yeah there's barely any graphical increase it's just all about resolution and frame rate these days there's no it's yeah. not actually focused on actually having a game that's really detailed and immersive. It's more about all oh, our games 4K or our games 60 frames per second. And yeah. Yeah, there's not much wow, wow factor. I remember the first time I sat down and played Grand Theft Auto 4 in release, and then obviously San Andreas was the last one that released before that. And like the comparison between the San Andreas and Grand Theft Auto 4 is just unreal in terms of like the world, in terms of the detail, the graphics, the gameplay. And it's just a whole like different kind of characteristic to a game whereas nowadays it's just there's no I've not, I've not played a game and thought oh my god this is 
surreal, you know, you know <laughs> not yeah. that feeling in such a long time. Yeah. So do you, do you have any experience in your life playing on arcade cabinet machines? Only in amusements. That's the only time. And I've played quite a few of the, the gun machines. I think it was like Time Crisis and stuff. Right. I played a lot of them in the amusement areas. They're good fun. See, I don't think we ever really had arcades over here. Like, we hear American people talk about them. So, yeah, you know, I, I was just curious if you had sort of any experience at all, because you just don't... I mean, when I was sort of, a bit, sort of in my late teens... They were, arcade cabinets were already consigned to the amusements bits of other things. Like there'd be a couple at the cinema when you went, or they have some mm-hmm. at Alton Towers, that sort of thing. Yeah, steam theme parks is the main area. That's the only the only area we have them near here is a is a theme park. That's where all the arcade stuff is, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where it is. So, but you you have played on some. That's that's refreshing, at least. Yeah, I, I know. I've been back and playing all looking at previous games like Nintendo sixty four and SNES and NES games. I'm actually going back to them because obviously I, I, I listen to other people talk about them, and I'm like, it's not be good to actually try that. A lot of the Zelda games as well, particularly, they were nothing I've ever actually been able to experience like the original ones in the N sixty four. And via emulation, I'm actually going back and being able to actually try some of these games out. So. Oh, that's that's interesting actually then so i mean how do you feel about sort of nes games the really old stuff does it the, are you ever put off by it or see it's difficult because graphically like it's it's terrible well yeah <laughs> that, that, you get nowadays. That, that's that, the hard part yeah um so that is that can be off-putting yeah, that's the, that's the most difficult part is the is the kind of graphical style. But at the same time, I think more of the more like the more, more older games, the actual narrative and story driven aspects of the game are much more fundamental. So like I feel like nowadays it's just all they want to do is like shout 4K and 60 frames per second. Whereas back then they didn't really care about graphics as much. It was more about having a game that had a bit of a really focused story driven narrative you know yeah i don't think i actually found out as a fact that the nes ran some games at 60 frames a second until fairly recently because no one cared yeah. No, one yeah, no that's the thing like in xbox 360 like all these ideas like well you had frame drop in this game and you don't get frame drop in the remaster and i was like i didn't even notice the frame drop to begin with <laughs> yeah see that's the the difference i think is that i look back on these older games and while i am objectively aware that they look garbage compared to what we've got now mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't bother me because it's sort of like that's just what that looks like yeah you know yeah. It, it's it's not to me it doesn't feel old but to you it's a different sort of i've i've always likened it to sort of black and white tv that yeah my mum and dad never had a problem with it yet as a child i was disgusted by anything in black and white because i'd never known anything other than the <laughs> color and yeah. I, I kind of wouldn't be surprised if you know, people who weren't there in the first place look back at older games and are just utterly disgusted in the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. And look, how did you play that? Well, we had nothing else. That was <laughs> that was. That's a- the thing. Like I've I went back to play older games like since like I played in my childhood and I'm sitting thinking like that game was so good back then the graphics weren't that bad so I'll go back and play it now and then I go back and play it and I'm like oh my god this is terrible. <laughs> it's like the rose rose tinted glasses kind of thing like you look back on these games thinking they weren't actually that bad at the time and I went back and played some PS2 classic games that I had back in the day and they just don't look anywhere as good as I remember <laughs> no it's it's quite odd I've been experiencing that with the Sonic Mania when you yeah. in my memory Sonic 1 looks exactly like Sonic Mania does today but it yeah. doesn't <laughs> it, it really does not um, and, and it's just you have this weird memory part of it so mm. f- for you, retro gaming really is like retro gaming. I, yeah, I it's, struggle it's, with the term because it's just... Yeah, it's, some, it's something I can't look back to. So it's something that's strange because I get to experience it and try and I now compare that to what we have now. Whereas I think people who experience that kind of time of the gaming world don't really compare it as much. They're more, they want to relive that experience rather than compare it to what we have now. I feel like all, all the kind of this generation, it's always comparison. Like, we're, like, here's what we had before and here's what we have now. And that's why a lot of people don't like playing the retro stuff that kind of my generation is like, oh, look at that. It's nowhere good as what we have now. Yeah. yeah and that's, 
the comparison is that we've got better, so why would you want to play worse? But it's technically, it's not worse, it's just a different, just a different type of game, you know? Back then, they didn't have the technology to to make these big 3D worlds and stuff, so they focused more on the, the kind of narrative and the storyline. Because you got all these, like, point-and-click games, and people are like, oh, why would you want to play a point-and-click game? But it's like, there's a lot of storyline there, you know? You, you can't just ignore that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so you, you started off on the PS1, and, and I'm guessing i'm assuming then that was actually even quite late in the lifetime of the ps1 if you're saying that the slim version came out sort of a year after you got yours yeah it wasn't um, so long yet so where did you go from the ps1 was it ps2 as well i had a ps1 and i got a game boy the original very first ever game boy i still have it, it still works it's, it's, a, it's a relic for me fantastic <laughs> But um, yeah, I had Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Yellow, and they were they were amazing. I, remember, I always see on Facebook there's a, a thing that a lot of people can probably relate to, and it's like you're playing Pokemon on your original Game Boy in the car, and you're using the streetlights <laughs> as you pass to light up your actual Game Boy so you can see what you're doing. Yeah. That was one of the things I, I can relate to, was play, playing the Game Boy in the car with my dad. And I would say every time you pass the streetlight at night time, you could actually see the screen. <laughs> I, think, I think people forget all the add-ons that came out for the Game Boy that were just to make it remotely playable. Like Yeah, they had that little plug-in thing that made it the screen. It was a light for the screen that you actually had to look all so around and point to it. Yeah, <laughs> so many different, like just a little LED that plugs in and lights up the screen. Um, yeah, kids, you don't know you're born these days. Um, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's yeah, talking yeah. to people even younger than you. Yeah, um, yeah, with your 3DSs and your Switches and that sort of thing. <laughs> So yeah, on the on the PS2, what were you sort of standout games on there? I think I played a lot of. Well, the thing is, that I got PS2 and an Xbox, original Xbox, at the same time. Because oh. what happened was <laughs> my console history is quite vast in the sense that I probably have had every single console that I could own from a youngster. Because I got the PS2, and then all my mates at school, oh, we got an Xbox with Halo, and I was like. Halo? Yeah. <laughs> I want Halo. <laughs> so I literally went to my mum and dad and was like, can I get an Xbox, please? And as mum and dads do, here's your Xbox. <laughs> so it then became PS2 at the same time as Xbox at the same time. So I played kind of both of them. Run about the kind of same time scale. Time scale. Um, different games quite different times, of course. But um, So on the PS2, for example, I think I played a lot of Jack and Daxter. Um, oh, right. yeah. Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank I didn't really like Ratchet and Clank but Jack and Dice I played a lot of um, the Precursor Legacy is probably one of my highlights um, Grand Theft Auto unreal amounts of Grand Theft Auto I think was the that was one of the key games and uh, one of my favourite games to exist to be honest is just the idea of the the living breathing world that Rockstar create yeah. and I think in, rec- in recent years I've kind of sl- slipped away from what they were, they were good at by the whole microtransaction thing but that's like another conversation in itself yes it <laughs> but, is um, I have to ask think, sorry to interrupt the flow of PS2 oh, yeah? stuff but did you ever have you ever gone back and played any of the earlier GTAs before GTA oh, yeah. 3 how did you I find played, those because I find them tricky oh yeah the, the top down ones yeah it's strange because I think I played them on the the GBA. I think I had had one of those really dodgy hacked things. You plug into your GBA and it's got like five hundred games. And you right, yeah. No idea how that works, but <laughs> it works somehow. Um, and I had, had um, Grand Theft Auto on it, and um, it was strange because you you go from like the three D world to the top down world, and it's just I don't I think I feel like it. I, I feel like the storyline wasn't even remotely there. And the, the kind of top-down ones, I feel like it's hard to follow. And I don't know, I just didn't really get into them. But it wasn't until GTA 3 where I, I think the storyline started to progress into like a, the way GTA is now. I think you can compare the way GTA is now to GTA 3, but you can't compare any of the top-down ones to the way it is now because I, th- I don't think they're they're really comparable in the sense of how they, how they play. But. but yeah, no, that makes sense. I agree with you on that. They were very different things. We were just sort of amused at the time that you could have this game where you could just sit doing donuts and running over any pedestrians that happened yeah. to come in and <laughs> it's sort of, like a more of a tech demo than <laughs> leave the tire tracks in blood and everything that was that was great fun but as a game yeah it was just nothing compare you can't compare it to gta 3 um, yeah, definitely. or any of the ones that followed it so anyway sorry carry on with ps2 stuff 
So Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto was one of the main ones. Um, I'm a big football fan, so FIFA was quite a predominant game during that time. Still kind of is to the day, but that's one of the games that's kind of followed through. But it's one of those kind of sometimes you'll like it, sometimes you'll hate it. Some they play it like once every three months and then <laughs> lose yeah. and then never play it again. <laughs> um, Hitman was one of the kind of big games I played as, as a young person. Um, I can't remember on top of my head. I'm trying to think that, of that's a franchise I need to get into. I've actually, I definitely recommend it. I, I've actually never played it. It's difficult all. to go back and play because Hitman, the first Hitman was was okay. Hitman Two: Silent Assassin is an absolutely brilliant game. But obviously, it's quite, quite dated graphics compared to like the newer ones. But as I say, if you go back and play it now, it's absolutely fantastic game to play. Um, Hitman Blood Money for me is the standout in the series. Um, that that game was just unreal for me. Um, I highly recommend if you want to play one Hitman and get, and get really kind of wild by it. Hitman Blood Money is the one I recommend. Right. See, the the new one is is out as well. The episodic kind of one, and that's not actually too bad. And you can pick that one up pretty cheap nowadays. The episodic one they released. Oh, these are Square Enix games as well. Yeah, yeah. I think you can get the Hitman, the kind of PS4, and Xbox One, PC one, the latest one, and you can pick it up for like sixteen ninety nine for the complete edition. And that gives you every single kind of storyline because they did this new one quite differently compared to old ones. So like always Hitman Blood Money. You buy the game and you get the full game on the disc whereas the new one they kind of did it differently in a sense that it's downloadable content so like I think it was one month they'd release a, a zone of the world and it would have a mission in it and then like two months later they'd release another zone and you could buy like zone by zone and it was kind of strange it was kind of different kind of direction for a game to go and then they released the complete collection which I waited on because I thought I, was, I want to play the full thing you know I don't want to play section by section <laughs> right yeah uh, shall, I, I, this is on the list then the Hitman series <laughs> I, think. I remember I've noticed you saying in a lot of your podcasts recently that everyone's costing you money <laughs> it is, this is this is one that might end up in the shopping cart at the end of the show to be honest it's uh, yeah every episode is something somebody mentions something so it, yeah. it just it's screwing me Although there's I've, so many games to play and there's such a little time to play it, them exactly <laughs> it's that's I feel rushed to be honest um and so, and then you get something like uh, the new Metroid that's come out, and just takes all of my attention away from everything else. And mm-hmm. it's it's just frustrating. It's I don't know what to do with it. It's yeah. best not to think about it, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. So you you had an Xbox as well. Yeah, Halo One um, is. I think the Halo series, GTA is one of my favorite series of all th- series of all time. But Halo is just. Uh, my favourite I can't I just could I don't think I can ever top it like whenever I listen to that music the yeah. Halo 3 like menu music I get goosebumps every time no matter what <laughs> I, I do as well I listen to it in the car yeah same I'm in, I'm in work enough I'm needing motivation it's like Halo music that gets you, it gets you up and going <laughs> it, it was Halo that sold me an Xbox um, over the PS2 back in the day and mm-hmm. uh, I adore that game it, it's I, it's one of the shoot em ups the first person shooters that I've had the most fun playing over the years. Yeah, it's just about to like if you wanted to play single player, it didn't you could put it on a hard difficulty. But see, if you just wanted to sit on your couch, put and shoot some aliens, you know, like you could do it. There was no, there was no like I never felt like pressured into actually completing the game. I could go at your own pace. You can take your own time. There was no, you know, like it, you could kind of walk your way through the game whereas I think like Call of Duty games single player it's like so many explosions so much happening you can never like focus on like one event because I feel like the Halo series like they can always whenever there was something spectacular happening they made sure you knew about it I mean <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um, have you played any of the the updated sort of advanced versions of the original Halo I've got the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One because um, I own an Xbox One as well and it's hard because I think like the the remasters of the first and the second game on the Master Collection are really really good for the single player. But I feel like the rem they remastered the third one. Uh, well, they didn't remaster them; they upscaled them to 1080p and that kind of stuff. Right. But the, I think in the third one and the fourth one, I felt by the fourth one I kind of lost touch with the series as soon as Bungie were like, "Oh, we're we're not going to be used. Can I make the game anymore? We're just going to go and do Destiny and split off Microsoft." That that kind of point, I I felt a bit. I don't know. I can't. I don't know the term to describe. I just felt a bit disjointed from the game because I felt like Bungie. It was Bungie's child, you know. Like he was there, 
their baby and then selling it to Microsoft. And then I felt like for a long time, I felt like Microsoft was just milking it for money. But like Halo 4, I just I felt like the single player was just a, the entire game was just a cash cow, to be honest. Yeah. And then I then actually went back and played the single player from start to finish and actually like gave it a chance and I really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, I feel like in Massive Collection, there were so many issues at launch for that game. I just I just didn't really get into it because when it came out, there were so many multiple issues, there was bugs and it took about six months to actually fix it. But at that point, I was like, I'll just play them on my Xbox yeah. 60 if I really want to, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I totally understand. It's, uh, I sort of lost, why did I lose it? I think it must have been around Halo 4. Yeah, I think that was the one a lot of people I know. All my mates stopped playing at that point as soon as Bungie told, said they weren't working on the game anymore and that they were handing it over to Microsoft I, in C43. I, I, I kind of feel like he, all of the fans at least played the first three because the first one everybody loved. The second one, I, I felt I didn't enjoy as much at all. Yeah, I think the second one, the campaign was just like, I feel like the third one was... The second one could have actually been the intro of the third one. It didn't need to be a game in itself. I yeah. feel like the, the campaign was just like, the missions didn't really have a purpose. Yeah. And then I think we all bought the third one in the hope that it would sort of redeem what happened with the second one. And yeah. then after that, there was not a lot. I was quite happy with how everything came to an end in the third one. And then, yeah, definitely. And that's when I think they started with all of the, his Halo Reach and Halo something and Halo something else. And you just, oh that's it's all a bit much um, yeah well if I'm honest I highly recommend giving Halo Reach a chance because Halo Reach was Bungie's kind of swung song at that point and they were like putting they were putting everything into that game and if I'm honest Halo Reach is online is probably the, be- the best Halo that was ever made I've actually never played a Halo game online as that's one of the, the main reasons I played it back in the yeah. 360 days well it was <laughs> it, it would have been one of the first games to have online functionality for the original xbox yeah as well so it's always been huge for that and i've just never mm-hmm. quite never did it i, I don't I know I load, well over 600 hours into custom games on halo 3 yeah, essentially all, all of my mates used to you can there's a thing called forge you probably i've seen forge before in halo so you can uh, make your own maps and make your own game modes and there was a game mode called infection which is just kind of one person spawns as an infected which is a kind of zombie type thing they spawn with an energy sword and then the rest of the people spawn is just a kind of human or master chief for example with a shotgun and a pistol and the infected person has to run and then run around the map infecting everyone else and then obviously it's just a free-for-all zombies kind of thing um, and we used to all make our own kind of specialised zombie maps and then we'd play Infection together and the just endless nights of playing Infection on Halo was just <laughs> pretty much my, my school time. <laughs> Fantastic. At least you still graduated university and all of that still. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I know how that goes. Um, yeah. Were there any other sort of standout things on the Xbox for you at all? Or I, I, I remember I played... Did you, did you ever play the game called Blink? Uh, I always, I always, I always hold this one against my father because he, he got me in the blink for the original Xbox. He's like, "Here's a game you'll like, Jonathan," and I was like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." And it's just the worst game I've ever played in my life. It's a blink game. It doesn't ring a bell. I think it's called Blink, the Wind Sweeper or something, Time Sweeper, and it was this kind of kind of um, kind of ratchet and clank. It was essentially the Xbox's answer to Ratchet and Clank really badly um, I think they only ever made one of them and then they never made another one after that I'm not too sure if they did but um, essentially you're this guy with a kind of mind like can, um, can I get a big gun thing and you could change sweep time or something and I just I just I didn't see the point to that game ever yeah <laughs> just don't know exist. it <laughs> don't know um, it at all I think what else in the Xbox I, I know there's this man um, there's this craze of fusion frenzy but i never played fusion frenzy because that's one of the games they're bringing to the xbox one backwards compatibility for x original xbox i have played hours of fusion frenzy hours and hours and hours of fusion <laughs> frenzy <laughs> what was the aim of it because i've never actually right. looked at it it was a party game there, there's no <laughs> aim it was just 50 mini games all of which had very minimal controls and four simultaneous players and it was it when i was so when i was at university that's pretty much what we did uh and it would happen a lot while we were 
inebriated in some way. And, and the good thing with it was, was that on the Xbox, you could, uh, of course, rip your audio CDs. And in some games, use your CDs as the music for the game. Ah, so, yeah, so we could technically listen to music and play the video game at the same time. And because they were all like uh, so simple to play, you could play it while you were absolutely smashed. Uh, <laughs> so we did that a lot. It was all sort of games like your characters walking along from left to right automatically, and you've got to either duck under or jump over a, a barrier thing. And it's just who can keep doing that the longest. Brilliant. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> I, need, I need to play it when it goes on the Xbox One. It's, I'm not actually the chance to play it. It's a great game, but there's there's no single player value to it whatsoever. It's yeah, it's it, a kind of party game, so you need to have at least four people to actually yeah, enjoy it. It's definitely yeah. a party game, but in terms, of, as far as party games go, yeah, I've I've spent many hours sat in front of it with uh, <laughs> swearing at friends and that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely to give it a shot because I know I noticed they were bringing it to the original Xbox backwards compatibility, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Now, hopefully, they bring Halo to that because that's one thing I would love to go back and visit is the original Halo. It is, is weird that they do this, and I've I've just experienced it with the 360 because you get into the trap of thinking, yeah, your 360 just plays Xbox games, but it doesn't. It yeah. plays some of them. Oh yeah, they, they don't release everything. But I, I, I must say that the, the 360 backwards compatibility program in Xbox One, some of the games they've released for that is the list is pretty big. And I'm at, I think they released some of the most wanted games, like Red Dead Redemption, for example. They released on that backwards compatibility program. And there's a um, the GTA Four. Um, I think they're, they're, today they released all the Halos, Halo Three, Halo DST, and Halo Four went backwards compatible, which makes no sense considering Halo Master Chief Collection exists. Yeah. But um, the problem is Master Chief Collection's multiplayer is Xbox One multiplayer, so they had to create a completely new thing. So you can't play the Xbox Three Sixty players on it, and the multiplayer essentially is a sack of rubbish. <laughs> it doesn't work half the time. All very like complicated and, and confusing. Me and my mate spent um, around 40 minutes searching for a game one time on it, and I was just like, what's the fun in this? <laughs> the whole point of Halo is the drop-in, drop-out idea, you know? I, I've been quite amused by the selection of games that they do do with backwards compatibility. So, Because yeah. from the ones I found, so we've got, what was it, The Godfather, nothing. The Godfather yeah. game, nothing in, in the Xbox 360 with that. Whereas Playboy The Mansion... That worked perfectly. <laughs> so they've 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 fixed the Playboy game, but not the the game of the movie The Godfather. And I, I just would have thought that would have been the other way around, but it yeah. No. Um, I remember the the Godfather game on the PS2. That was a great game, and the Godfather Two was on Xbox Three Sixty. I played that as well. I really enjoyed those games. That's that they're the ones. Um, and I've 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 got to get back into it. I started playing it on the Wii. And then it reached uh -huh. a certain point and the controls just wouldn't work, uh, which was <laughs> quite odd. Uh, and it was, it was quite early on in the game. Uh, it was Luca Brezzi teaching me how to shoot. And <laughs> I simply, the cursor would go everywhere on the screen, but where I needed it to go. So I abandoned that and got the Xbox version. Uh, but I don't think I ever played a serious game on the Wii. I think the Wii for me was just all the kind of play fun games. Because it was, it was essentially my mum and dad bought the Wii for Christmas one year. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It was, at that point, it was like the new technology. And never, we'd, we'd never really had a kind of game, a games console where it was all about standing up in motion and things like that. And then I, I was like, well, that's really cool. I'll play some games. And then they had to think I just played like Wii Sports Tennis. <laughs> that's what <laughs> most people kind of did with it, sadly. Um, there, were, there was so much great stuff on the Wii that everybody missed out on because of the, yeah. I think, the reputation it quickly got. Uh, but I, I have to kind of agree and say there seems to be a large proportion of weird shit on the Wii <laughs> compared to other platforms. And, and God, there's a lot for the PS2. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Some of the games they released for the PS2 is unreal. But, but <laughs> the, Wii, the Wii somehow... The, the Wii somehow gets weirder with the Grey's Anatomy game and America's Next Top Model and Pippa Funnel Ranch Rescue and so many <laughs> others that for some reason I found it necessary to buy and put on my shelf. 
I think they're they're so cheap to buy as well. You're like, I just want to buy this to laugh at it. <laughs> exactly. That's that's where I get it from. Scarface, the game. I don't know if that's any good. Really good. I highly recommend that. You can get it on PS2. I don't know how much it costs. I've got it on disc. I don't have my PS2 with me at the moment. Um, but I highly recommend the Scarface game. Right. Essentially, you, you run your own little kind of drugs cartel, and then you have to go, go and do all the kind of mini missions around running the drugs cartel as well as there being a main story. So it's kind of, I really enjoyed it. But then again, I've got the most tinted glasses of playing it when I was younger. <laughs> well, I'll give it a go. I mean, I've already got it. So that's, that's, most of the battle there. Um, yeah, I have been given a play. I, I think I just got it because it was one of those. How did they make a Scarface game? Kind it's, of it's early enough. One of the only kind of movie tie-in games that's other than Spider-Man. I don't know why I like the Spider-Man games, but other than Spider-Man, I think that's the only movie tie-in game I've really enjoyed, as well as The Godfather. Wow, I mean, it's th- these things are seldom good at all. Yeah. So if they're enjoyable, that's that's makes them even more rare. Yeah, they usually offload them to some small games company and just tell them to make a game that's related to the big movie that's releasing, and then they make this small <laughs> game and then release it, and you you never heard of the developer, you've never heard of this, and then it's just you're like, okay, <laughs> but you can you find that in the just to clear option and as done about two weeks time. <laughs> so I something I've just thought of as well then with movie times as as a kid, did you? really play many sort of because I, th- I think by the time you you know you were playing on the playstation things were very well established that the kids movie has the happy meals the t-shirt the lunchbox and the video game mm-hmm. and that sort of thing do you have many memories much experience with that sort of thing or did was it largely ignored I don't really think I had much experience with the kind of movie tie and stuff. I remember like, when I was young, McDonald's did a lot of the kind of ties in with Mario series. I remember we used to do a lot of Mario toys, but um, and like kind of many playable Mario things. But like in terms of like the movie stuff, I never really, I never really played as much. I didn't really watch as many movies as a young person. Yeah. I think that comes down to the main problem. If you don't watch the movie, then why are you really gonna get invested in the game? I think. But, Makes sense. Yeah, you see, I mean, the the reason I ask is because we had when i was a kid the god i hate saying that when i was a kid um <laughs> movie tying games was were a new thing and so yeah. it was kind of amazing to us that there was a batman game for the batman movie and that it was in any way related to it at all was fantastic mm-hmm. uh, but as as i'm sure you're aware games based on movies are mostly shit uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I've mentioned Batman the movie. That might be the only good one. They're, you know, yeah, I, think, from, I think where they go right is the fact that there's nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> yeah, I I just like using the the batarangs and everything. It was great yeah. fun, uh, and I think that that kind of stuff is dying a death now mm-hmm. because those games are known to always be rubbish, and I I kind of feel like by the time you were playing games, even though those movie tie-ins to kids' games still existed, as they still kind of do a bit, they were dying off in terms of what people wanted to do with them. And yeah, so that kind of, you know, I understand what you're saying, that if you if you don't watch the film, you don't care about the thing, which makes perfect sense. But mm-hmm. it, it strikes me that if there was a good game going around, you would have known about that, whether it was a movie tie-in or not. Mm-hmm. and the problem is that none of them were really that good so you'd never really find out about them <laughs> exactly exactly um so where were we X- xbox and ps did you have a gamecube i didn't but my mate did and i played a lot of his gamecube and the one game i'll remember from ever from the gamecube was this i can't remember the name of it, it was a football game and you could play as dolphins and i'll never forget the fact me and my mate playing each other at football as dolphins <laughs> i can't remember the exact name of you i need to find out the name of it but it was just the most bizarre thing i've ever seen in my life i i haven't played that one i highly recommend that if i can find out what, what the name of the game was and you, you play uh, I can't remember the exact name of it and you could play as dolphins and it was just so strange I, I had no idea what the point of the game was as soon as I seen that red, was it red card? one second I only I really know, know of the, the Mario or what or that. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it but you could play as a dolphin and I just remember that 
you could um, if we were playing each other as dolphins and I was just I was just like I don't understand the point of this game anymore <laughs> it's not football if you're a dolphin <laughs> bizarre yeah I only know of uh, Mario Smash football but that yeah that's just my limited knowledge of GameCube games I think it, it may be Red Card the name of the game is possibly yeah it's Red Card that's the game yeah Red Card that came in 2003 you could play as aliens and dolphins and I think sharks as well what a bizarre game. Very bizarre game. Oh, and that was out on everything, though. Was it on everything? Yeah, that was a uh, GameCube, PS2, Xbox game. But, yeah, yeah there is. I not a member from the GameCube. <laughs> Such a strange game. Bizarre. <laughs> so where did you go after all this, then? Xbox 360. You've so, yeah, Xbox said. 360. Um, that's where I moved to, and I became the teenager at school, Call of Duty player, and... Unfortunately, <laughs> and I think I mean, mainly because I think all my mates played Call of Duty, so we all just kind of played the same game. So we went from Call of Duty Four, which I still hold true is the best Call of Duty multiplayer game they'll probably ever release, but that's probably rose tinted glasses again. Um, and then Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, I played that one, and then as soon as I played Modern Warfare Two, I got introduced to the Battlefield franchise. Ah, I think yeah. That's what that's when everything shifted. I was like, why am I playing a game where I'm in this tiny little map and I can play this massive game where we have tanks, helicopters and planes. I'm like, oh, I want to try that. So that's when I absorbed into the kind of Battlefield franchise and then I went all the way through the Battlefield, Bad Company 2, Battlefield 3. Um, and then Xbox 360, I kind of, I, uh, that was where I also um, introduced to Oblivion. That was one of the first games I got for the 360 was Oblivion, and that's when it was kind of the same idea as Grand Theft Auto, the whole idea of an open world game. Yeah. And I was just absolutely blown away by what, what Bethesda, Bethesda could create. And Oblivion is still one of my favourite games of all time. Unfortunately, it doesn't look as good as, as Skyrim, but um, but then again, Skyrim has been remastered. So. Exactly. <laughs> They're not trying to make us buy Oblivion still, which is nice of them. Um, how when when you were at school, how sort of widespread was the was video gaming then? Uh, everyone, um, uh, the hysteria over video gaming school was was unreal. Um, everyone, every well, it, it was kind of a sexist thing. Every kind of boy played video games. Girls didn't seem to take any any interest. But I think that was more of a geographical thing in my area compared to like an actual right. horizon thing. Um, but. All the all, every guy was writing these games. We all went home after school, get in the door at four p.m. and we'd be on the Xbox playing Call of Duty or whatever game everyone was playing until about nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night, and it was just that every day, <laughs> every single day of the week. And then Saturdays and Sundays it would be all day, every day playing Call of Duty or whatever game we were playing. And the hysteria over a new game release was was something I kind of miss you know I remember the day Grand Theft Auto 4 came out I remember everyone going oh my mum's went home and got me Grand Theft Auto 4 it's in my house and we're all like so excited to go home and play this new Grand Theft Auto game and nowadays I don't, I don't really get that excitement off the game anymore it's strange it's it's that's so bizarre to me and I'm really jealous of it I must admit because I was one of the computer kids at school mm-hmm. Because that, you know, it was not widespread. Not everybody liked or cared about computer games. And, you know, there was never any buzz about anything. We also had the downside of not, you know, again, just realizing this will be something you don't really have experience of, is that without the internet, we didn't know what was coming out or when, Mm -hmm. really. So there was never that much excitement because there was no build-up to a release date and then go and get the game on that release date there was just nothing Mm. like that um and and yeah it was quite odd but yeah i'm jealous that you got to go to school and have it not really suffer for being free yeah very fortunate in the generation we get brought up with the kind of computer games idea. It's just, I, don't, I, I just don't get that excitement anymore in games. That's the one issue is like, I, I wish I could go back to that excitement of being when the new games come out and everyone would get really excited. Because I think back in the kind of school days, obviously, as you're a teenager, you don't have ridiculous amounts of money to spend. So it's, you basically just have your pocket money. So you'd save up every week and then at the end of the month you'd, you'd have to pick so like a big new Call of Duty game was going to come out or you'd um, have your Grand Theft Auto coming out and then you'd have a big new FIFA for the year comes out and you'd have to kind of pick what one you wanted 
it was that hard, that really hard decision of what one did I want the most. Um, and I remember having back in back in those days, I traded games in. So you buy like the newest game and you complete it, and then if no one was playing it anymore, you trade it in and you put money towards it, and then you get a new game. Highly regret that nowadays because the amount of money I spent on games to then get shafted by game, yeah, <laughs> on trade ins is unreal. But um, so I think that was another, another kind of reason we kind of bought up excitement was that we couldn't afford every game we wanted, so you kind of get more. You'd be more excited for the game to come out, and then you can go buy it, and then you play it because that would be the only game you'd play for a long time because you spent all your money on it. Whereas now, obviously, in the new world, the working world, if I want a new game comes out, I'll just go buy it. And I don't feel like I don't feel I don't feel like excitement anymore because I'm just like oh I can go and buy that brand new I can I just last well, week there Destiny two came out so like, I'll just go buy Destiny two still not played it yet and I, I, I don't know why I bought it but, but I just bought it because I could I I, and I feel like yeah I do the same thing sometimes yeah, I feel like you lose the you lose the kind of excitement factor of a new game and you can just go and buy all the ones that come out and you, I have I had like, a, yeah. a little bit. I, I'm excited for the new Mario game, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I actually know the Switch Nintendo stuff has brought back a, a fair bit of excitement about stuff. Yeah, I think it's because they're spacing the games out quite nicely. So you're getting a game release every now and again. It's not like you're having four games come out in a month and then you're buying one of them and then you're never in your battle. You're buying all four of them and only playing one of them and only getting a chance to play one of them. So you're kind of looking forward to that next release, you know? They have done a good job with that, and it's kind of breaking down at the moment as as we approach the build-up to Christmas. Because mm-hmm. even with that, like you say, when you're an adult, you're not picking which game you want for Christmas. It just comes out, and it happens that all the games come out in September, October, and November. And yeah. so I'm, I'm getting them. So yeah. that that's all there is to it. Uh, and so I'm being rather flooded with new stuff coming out. And mm-hmm. there's no doubt that in my youth I'd have oh stop saying things like that. There's no <laughs> doubt that I would have, you know, in days gone by, gotten perhaps more use out of games. And yeah. I've even found myself hearing about games claiming things like, and this one provides 120 hours of gameplay. And I'm like, oh, I'm really, that's a lot of games. You've got something in a 12 to 15 and then I can move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so much in games nowadays you never get the chance to play them and that's this kind of daunting you're looking at a new game comes in and you're like that's going to consume so much of my time and I could just sit there and watch TV or watch a movie or or go or go somewhere you know <laughs> and it's like try to justify the investment nowadays well yeah and in that I've my, my TV watching is, is dropped off to zero you know yeah. it's if I'm not looking at a screen and playing a game on it I'm asleep um <laughs> Which is, I don't know, I, my brain tells me that it's better than watching TV because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interacting, I'm doing something. Your brain's working. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So, you know, I'm getting exercise, whatever. I don't know. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's better than just watching TV, but yeah, I, I still feel guilty. Not really. <laughs> um, from at the same point as the, kind of, the Xbox 360 era, I also had the DS. Ah, cool. Um, I got a Nintendo DS and I think I got it on release day because that was one of the ones that sold out really quickly and I was like, I really, it was my birthday and I was like, I really want a DS and then my dad was like, okay, you can get a DS. So I went and got that and I think it was, I think I got it a week after it came out because I think it came out and then my birthday was a week after. And um, I remember playing, I think the main game I played on that was Nintendogs. I don't know, it's probably embarrassing to admit, but like I like the idea. Because I, I was not, we we're, were never allowed a dog, and I was like, the idea of having a kind of virtual dog that I had to look after was kind of cool. But um, I will tell you, the um, dog ownership can be overrated. <laughs> I'm only saying that because he, mo- he spent most of today just shouting at me. Like, that's <laughs> what he does, you know, but it has, it has its pros. Uh, yeah. I got him a bone, he's been quiet for an hour, it's been great. Um, <laughs> I imagine walking them gets quite boring after a while so sitting on a DS and in your bed and walking on that is perfectly fine for me <laughs> there you go yeah I totally understand I totally you don't have to do that in the rain um, yeah. cool what, what did, so what else did you have on the, the DS then uh, I think I had I had some Alex Ryder Stormbreaker game 
Um, I, I didn't really invest much in DS as I should have. Um, you'll, be, you'll probably be frightened to know I've only ever played two Mario games in my life. I need to change that. <laughs> I should say so. Which, Although I'm now curious, which two? The fact that I've only played two, I can't even remember what two. Um, one of them was the Game Boy, and that was via emulation. And the other one was on the Wii. And I think it was... The other one I played was Mario, I think Mario Party. Was it Mario Party? I think yeah, I think it was Mario Party I played. Gosh, wow! Yeah, that needs that needs to be fixed. <laughs> that's like finding that's like finding somebody who's never seen a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, yeah you've exactly. you've got to go you've got to go back and play it. I I actually it's one of those I would recommend actually starting at the beginning because mm-hmm. it was something that arrived very well fleshed out. Yeah. From the get go, Mario One is still a fantastic game to play. Um, yeah. And uh, you know it continues. I'm still hammering away at Mario Three because I've not gotten to the end of it yet, and it's mm-hmm. you know I'm now worried that I'm going to die before that happens. Uh, <laughs> so there is that. But you know some of the more recent Marios have just been fantastic. Uh, yeah, as I say, the DS I think was it was one of the handhelds. That for me, I think I just at the time of an Xbox 360, it was hard to justify to use it. So I think like Nintendo was one of the main games I just played because it, I had to justify asking for it. So I think the, obviously when you get this big 3D world and Call of Duty and FIFA and all your mates in the 360. It's hard to go. Okay, I'll start the 360 off and go myself and play Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, what we we live in a world now where the the handheld and the the trying to think of the word. The one you plug into your TV, home-based mm-hmm. consoles, that has, with the Switch, they have literally merged together now. But the the gap between the two, when we had DS and Xbox 360, was perhaps the biggest it had ever been. I, I, yeah. I would argue that's that's a bigger gap than between the original Game Boy and so the Super Nintendo Mega Drive. Because, yeah, you know, the, the, the Game Boy was still running NES-class games, which mm-hmm. was only a generation behind. Yeah, I don't think you could claim that the the DS was only a generation behind the uh, Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it kind of came together as, again as we didn't get that major boost into the PS4 era, and that we, you know, the 3DS is actually not awful graphically and in terms of what it can do. Uh, so yeah, and now it's it's just closed up entirely. Uh, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been meaning to get a 3DS for so long, but it's so hard to. I see the deals go on for the 2DS quite often. I'm like, ah, can I kind of just get one of those 2DSs, and then I'm thinking, but what if I would just want to have the 3D layer for the sake of having the 3D layer? And then I look at the price of the 3D one, and I'm like, ah, I can't justify that. <laughs> and then I stop. <laughs> I I like the 3D. I'm one of the seven people in the world that love the 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I've had a shot of it and I think it's great yeah yeah it's it's really well done I, I think some games are improved by having it on and I, well mm-hmm. they just look nicer the gameplay's always yeah, identical much more depth of field yeah yeah uh, and, and so I recommend it I really do yeah. get, get the one that looks like a SNES because that one I'm just oh, I want that so much uh, I noticed I think in the, it was at the last episode of your of the Simple Syndicated Gamer News I can't remember the guy's name but he's pre-ordered there my, <laughs> the SNES yeah, one yeah he's ordered yeah. one I'm so jealous. I keep sort of banging mine around and go, oh, look, Alison, it's broken. Look, I'll have to replace it now. And you can't actually break a 3DS, you know. They are. They're, yeah, they're going to be one of the things that are left behind long after human civilization has fallen by the wayside. They'll just be a big pile of 3DSs that still work perfectly. Um, I think the DSs as well have held them pretty, pretty strong. The only DS I've noticed the break is in the hinges on the, the kind of flat back break on the low DSs, but other than that, I think most of them have held pretty strong. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I see a lot of them for sale. I've I've yeah. nearly bought one on a case. Until you remember your 3DS actually does play DS games. Yeah, so. the only reason I've bought a, a, a DS now is because they can play the, the GPA games, and that was the one cool things i think you have to buy one of the original ones the ds the ds Lite plays the plays nintendo ds and game boy advance games oh right i didn't know that it's got a wee slot on the bottom that takes in the, the gba games as well 
Cool. I had, a, I, had, I had a GBA SP as well, and then the GBA Advance, or the Game Boy Advance as well when I was younger. But I think it was working on. I pretty much only played Pokemon on them, to be honest. <laughs> and I think I, I played Zelda uh, Link to the Past. Quite on possibly. The, the GBA SP. That's another one I need to get on and finish, actually. Yeah. I think that, I think it was the one in the GPSP was the one that came with the four, a link to the past and four swords. I think you could, the four swords was like the kind of co-op campaign if you wanted to play with your mates, and then the link to the past was the main kind of story. The, based the, one. the four swords game was crazy because that was it was a GameCube game and a Game Boy Advance game, and the idea yeah. was is that you would get four friends with four Nintendo. Uh, the, the Game Boys. Sorry, the words just yeah. went out of my head then. <laughs> and they would all connect to the, the GameCube as a controller that would work with the game. So you needed a GameCube, the game, four mates, four uh, Game Boy Advances, and four of the connection wires. Yeah. And you didn't get four of the connection wires with the game. You got one. So ideally, all of your mates have also bought the GameCube game and the DS um, the, sorry, the the Game Boy game. I don't yeah. think many people got to play it to its yeah, full. I don't, I don't imagine so with that kind of <laughs> requirement. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that was very widespread. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think I was the only person in, in the nearby area to have one of the, the link system link cables for the Game Boys. I remember um, me and my mates used to like, you'd, you'd, you'd have to battle people on like Pokemon and stuff and trade Pokemon was where this system link cable you'd get and you'd plug it into, I think you could plug into up to four Game Boys at the one time and you'd plug it in and plug it in and I think everyone in the total, entire local area used my cable at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I've, yet, I've yet to have a Pokemon battle with another human being. This is another reason why I want a 3DS is because they're re-releasing Pokemon Gold and Silver I think it is. Yes, they uh, are. Yeah. This month. And the I think it's in the eShop, and it's, you can use your Wi-Fi to battle people, and I, I think that would be amazing to play that game with the kind of online capabilities. It'd be, it'd be brilliant. I'm wondering if I can play online with because I've got Pokemon Moon. And yeah, that, I think that's, you can, yeah, that's actually my first Pokemon game. Ah, see when because when Pokemon came here, I was old enough to be cynical about oh, it's just they just want your money to buy all the Pokemon stuff. And I, yeah. I don't I like proper games and that sort of thing. So I just ignored it. And eventually it's, it occurred to me, I should have played one. You know, that, that's... I highly recommend Red, Blue. Red, one of, one of the, obviously, I think Red, Blue and Yellow and Green are all the same game. It's just based in a different kind of colour. <laughs> the the storyline's the same through them, all, all four of them. Um, I highly recommend playing one of those because that's one of my favourite games as well. And then I think Pokemon Silver or Gold, I, I loved that game so much because it was one of the first games for me that kind of had like an actual day-night cycle that synced with the real world. Right. So like, um, if you were playing at night time, the game would be night time. A bit like, and I think it's, I think it's Harvest Moon does and that's why I've never played Harvest um, Moon. <laughs> oh, what is it? The one I've got. The Animal Crossing, that does Animal it. Animal Crossing, that's the one. It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, quite a pain in the ass, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I, and I remember when I was young, I was playing that, and I think it was cool because I think in silver and gold, there was a specific time you could get this train that would take you between different areas of the map. And there were certain times where you could go to this, this like Pokemon area where you'd have to like catch Pokemon, and if you could catch like a specific Pokemon, you won a prize. Uh, it was like a game show type of thing and they'd rate your Pokemon whatever you caught and you could only do that at certain times of the day so you'd have to like wait until like 4pm real time and then go to this Pokemon park and then you could do like the whole thing and then you'd have to wait to a certain time to get the train and I thought like that was it was really immersive because I was sitting in my bed at night time and it was night time in the game and it was during the day I was playing it was during the day in the game and I thought that was really cool it was the first time like the games in the real world kind of synced together for me yeah it's it's it can be quite a magical thing I think but I, I just run into it on Animal Crossing when I want to go to the shops and they're all closed. Yeah, I think I think when you walk when you walk, when you walk nine to five or you you have to walk during the day, then it just becomes a pain. Yeah, um, I've heard that people running into problems with that. Oh God, what was the the Dreamcast game with the Japanese name and they're making the third one now? Oh. No, the word's gone. No, Shenmue. 
Oh, Jamie, I remember you just talking about this in the games and playing the key to gaming is, and I, I don't know if you were kind of ripping it because of the type of game it is. Yeah, but I honestly recommend trying Shenmue. Hundred percent recommend try. Don't play the first one because I've not heard good things about the first one. But the second one for me was one of the games I played on the original Xbox. It's what it's worth like forty quid nowadays. I know that's, I think it's pretty rare. Yeah, that's why I haven't played it. Um, if you want to, just yeah, if you want a line of it, I can mail it down to you because it's not worth forty quid. But I can happily send you my disc if you want to play it. Well, we'll see. Um, I might actually. I it's on my list to be honest, and it's actually only fifteen quid. Is it? Which, know, which isn't it. bad. Um, part of me wants to play the game, the Dreamcast version, though. I've, I've heard that's better than the original Xbox one. Now the the Dreamcast version is sixty quid. That yeah, that is the thing. I think there's like, is it not like four discs or six discs or something? Four, four discs, according to the the thing on CEX, and and the Shenmue one is also four discs, and that's forty five quid. So I'm looking at hundred and five pounds to play these two games, and that's bearing in mind that I don't own a Dreamcast either yeah although, it's definitely not worth that kind of money you know although I think a Dreamcast is less than 40 quid that's so I'd wait, I would wait a little while because the rumour has it when they're releasing Shenmue 3 they're going to make remasters of the first and second one for next gen oh right that's much easier so I would wait on that you know I, I wouldn't want to invest that kind of cash and then they release oh yeah we're, we're going to release remastered versions for 19.99 for the two of them and then oh, <laughs> you're 105 quid and got it. there's still some sort of prestige in having the original things I don't know I don't know what yeah, it I is I collectors and I collect them yeah I kind of like having the original ones I don't know why Really I'm, on a, I'm on a Facebook group on on Facebook called Game Trader, and the, you'd, you'd probably lose a lot of money if if you joined this. Yeah, <laughs> because they just buy and sell retro, and it's just all retro, and yeah, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, I don't need that kind of pressure in my life. <laughs> uh, so, where were we on the timeline anyway? Are we near present um, day? So, yeah, we're close to just after Xbox 360. Um, so. Nintendo DS I had a PSP and the only games I played on the PSP were Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories and Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories right which was like the kind of spin-offs of Vice City and spin-offs of Liberty City uh, of Grand Theft Auto 3 sorry but the strange thing was with those games was um, in Liberty City Stories you couldn't swim but it did a little bit better graphics but in Vice City Stories they introduced swimming I think and I was like <laughs> why would you have this in the Vice City stories if you didn't have it in the original game <laughs> completely pointless functionality but it was I think it was maybe the, the set I think we could swim in San Andreas but I can't remember if this was before San Andreas came out I can't remember when they introduced swimming on the big ones it was San Andreas was the first game to have swimming so Vice City stories came out on 31st of October 2006 yeah up until San, San Andreas you just died if you went in the water yeah that, that was the that was the problem there was no swimming at all you just you just kind of ball about and then you're wasted <laughs> which was no good for anything it was yeah <laughs> difficult to play you i certainly if i if you go back you go through a couple of experiences of just killing yourself unnecessarily just to find out what kills you you know yeah. that sort of thing because it, it's changed over the years there's many, many a time in grand theft auto 3 where i would um load in the game and i hadn't unlocked the second island yet and I'd like try and cross the bridge by like jumping onto the little platform and then try and cross and it just never worked. <laughs> Not a single time. <laughs> I have kind of been interested in a PSP, but I don't know if there was anything particularly standout on them. I, I hear that they're they're good for hacking and making into oh, yeah. possible emulators. You can hack it into an emulator, yeah. But you can also hack the PS Vita in an emulator. I've got a PS Vita as well at the moment. And I love it for travelling. See, if you're going for a, a long-distance journey, it costs me 40 quid for the PS Vita, so I can like, completely justify if there's like three or four games I'll ever play on it at yeah. that point. But um, so if, like, I went, went to London um, a few months ago, and it was great for just playing games in the train. You know, like you can play like classic PSP games on it. There's some PS One games on it. So I sat and played through the you know, all three Crash Bandicoot games on the PS One on it, and it was great fun. Nice. Well, does that that kind of brings us up to date then, doesn't it? Yeah, it brings us into the modern systems. Oh, P I also P I did go into PC gaming. 
Um, so first year of university, obviously um, computer science, I had to justify it to my father that I needed an expensive PC for computer science. I did not need an expensive PC for computer science, but he believed it. That's all that matters. That's all that <laughs> and, um, matters. I indulged in the, the PC gaming industry. Um, very strange world. <laughs> very strange world. Um, I love it now. Like once you get into the whole idea of Steam and the idea that games half the time will not work, it becomes more bearable. But um, to begin with, it was strange. But um, in the PC kind of world, I've played a lot of Arma. I don't know if you've maybe heard of Arma before. It's a war kind of simulator game. I lost a lot of time. Oh to yeah, that. yeah, I've heard of it. I've never played it. It was um, the Daisy mod that got me into that game. You maybe heard of Daisy. Essentially, it was like a zombie sort of realistic survival mod. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now I know what you mean. Now, yes. It was one of the probably one of the most popular mods of all time that spanned into an actual standalone release game, which was terrible and still is terrible. <laughs> um, but I, played, I spent so many hours playing that uh, and so many hours of anger at that game because essentially well, the, the purpose of Daisy was to survive. But if you think about the, the, the purpose of Arma was to have a, a massive map. So like literally you have a full entire country to navigate. <laughs> so if you, think, you take the size of like a Call of Duty map and multiply that by like 5,000, you might have the size of the Arma map. Um, so you'd spend, say for example, six hours running about this map, literally running because it's zombie survival, there's not many cars, not many weapons. So you'd find yourself a gun six hours later and then you'd walk into this kind of town where the frame rate was terrible because this game was optimized really badly right. and then you would get shot dead and someone else would come up take your gun and then say nasty things over the chat to you and then that'd be a bad square one six hours of your life gone <laughs> you're like why <laughs> now I've, I've been there doing equally pointless things it's, it's just what we do it's a feature of our breed whatever i, I have no explanation for it whatsoever yeah, so I still, I've got my gaming PC, I've got two gaming PCs, I still game on the PC, I just don't, don't play Arma anymore. <laughs> um, but I play my Xbox One, I've got a PS4 and a PS Vita, and I want to get a Switch, so badly. I really recommend them. I, I, I've noticed on the, the podcast, you, you highly recommend them. Every time I've seen it was on sale at, two, I think it was 249 the other week there, and I was so close to pulling the trigger. And then I seen an Xbox One S for sale on on, um, on a website called Hot UK Deals, where it's like all the latest kind of discounts and deals that are on. And I've seen that I've got they had the Xbox One, the kind of fat, black, horrible VCR looking one. Right. And they had an Xbox One S with Destiny 2 and Forza Horizon 3 for $169.99. It's really not bad, is it? And, and I bought it and sold the other one for 100 quid. So it literally cost me 60 quid for a new Xbox One S and two games. So I was like, okay, I need to do that. And then as soon as I bought that, I was like, ah, can I justify buying a Switch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zelda on its own justifies buying a Switch. That's... Oh, de- definitely. There are so many... I, I'm not going to get started on praising the damn thing, but... <laughs> yeah. I think that's another podcast itself. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I think the uh, I think the stock shortage is over, certainly in this country now. Yeah, maybe um, near Christmas time I'll, I may invest in one. Because as much as I, I can't justify buying Skyrim again, but the idea of being able to play Skyrim on the go kind of excites me a little bit. It's Skyrim on the toilet that's the yeah. exciting thing. On the go, yeah, you know, that's secondary. <laughs> Uh, that's the bit that kind of entices me I'm thinking like especially as as well as you're getting FIFA as well FIFA on the go that's why one of the reasons I bought the Vita was to play some FIFA on it and the Vita Vita version of FIFA is not the best so the the Switch version is a full on standalone release of FIFA and fully fleshed out so yeah it's it's um, getting me there (laughs) even I'm tempted by it and I know nothing of football (laughs) Yeah, and they're releasing Doom and Wolfenstein, and I'm sitting there thinking that's that's two console games I can play on a train. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> exactly, it's it's mind blowing. Everyone needs a Switch. Yeah, definitely need to invest. So then, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, yeah, that was brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been my pleasure. And it's been it's been great. Uh, just getting a different perspective on things. Yeah, it's a, it's a 
think the, the, the whole idea of like geo, I think geographical location sometimes actually plays into how how people are impacted by gaming. Because I think a lot of people that kind of stay in the kind of seaside areas will actually be impacted a lot more by the arcadey stuff than yeah. people that don't really have that facility. Quite probably. Because in uh, my area, we're all Call of Duty lovers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them around. There's a lot of them around. So, right. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. I'll be back another time speaking to, I don't know who yet, but somebody, maybe you. Now, uh, I'll be <laughs> back another time. Until then, go and check out Simply Syndicated Gaming News, which uh, comes out usually every Thursday or something. I don't know. I'm not really into a proper rhythm with it yet. I've got one to put out as I record this, but that doesn't matter by the time you hear this. And, uh, of course, Take It or Leave It, which comes out every Monday all on simplysyndicated.com. Uh, I think, Jonathan, you'd be happy to have you join us on Tech It or Leave It. That would be great. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be, I'd love to. Awesome. You can come and make those people feel old as well. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, so we'll get up to that. So uh, until next time, everybody, I'll see you later. Bye-bye.